stay the same. You're everlasting. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your faithfulness is consistent. Your love is everlasting. God that is reliable, that is trustworthy. You are a God that we can depend on. You are our ever-present help in a time of need. You're the same, Lord, consistent. Your love for us never changes. It never runs out. It never goes away. It's not depending on how we perform. It's not depending on what we do. It's an unconditional love. It's an agape love. You love us no matter what, God. Yahweh, you are welcome in this place today, God. You are welcome in our hearts today, Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the great I am. You are the Son of Man. You are an all-consuming fire. You are love. Your mercies are new every morning. Your love is everlasting. You're an everlasting God, an eternal God. And you want a relationship with each and every one of us. You long to be with us, Lord. And we long to be with you. We are your people. We are your children. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every soul that's in this place this morning. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing and going to do in their hearts this morning. Minister to each and every one of them today, God. Let them know how much you love them, Lord. Let them know how much you just want to be a part of their lives. Oh, you're so worthy, Jesus. Amen. Come on, give, give the Lord a hand. Praise in this house. Amen. Come on, let's give him one last hand. Praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. God is good, amen. It's good to see everybody here this morning. And hopefully for you, it's good to be seen, amen. We could be seen in somewhere else in the wrong place. Hello. We could be curled up in a ball somewhere hiding from the world but God brought you here this morning and he wants to meet with you this morning did you know he loves you so much there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God nothing all your failures all your mistakes all your shortcomings nothing that can separate you from God's love may get a little bit of discipline but he still loves you and that's just a manifestation of his love isn't that so awesome to know you know out of all the things in our life that may be inconsistent you know all the things in our life that may be unsure one thing we know is that God loves us that God is for us and if he is for us who can be against us so it's good to see you all this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. 
and uh, appreciate everybody taking care of everything while we were gone. We had a wonderful time in California, got refreshed in the Lord, amen. Appreciate Brother Brandon bringing a word, Brother Zachariah last Sunday bringing a word, amen. And all the rest of you serving in the way that y'all have served, I appreciate it, amen. Thank you so much. It's good to know that I can go and away from home and home's going to be okay. That's a real good feeling. It's really a blessing to a man of God or a pastor or shepherd. Amen? You know, it's kind of like you go home and you leave your house to somebody to house sit. You want to make sure you come back and that thing ain't burned down. You know what I mean? <laughs> or the blinds all tore up or whatever. <laughs> But I came back in this place, these guys and gals are on fire for Jesus. They're excited about the Lord. Amen. And I want to say thank you for that today. Let's go to the, go ahead and get into our message today. We're going to start out in the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We have some great things coming forth today. We're going to participate in the Lord's Supper, amen. Today, we also have a church meeting after the service where we'll have, amen, another time of fellowship and a meal, amen. So we're going to be partaking of the Lord's Supper twice today. Come on, somebody. But let's go to the book of Acts chapter 2 starting in verse 42, and let's look here real quick. 2 and 42. If you haven't, say amen. If you don't, just look on the board. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed, do we have anybody that believes in here? And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just ask you, Father, to speak to us today. Father, anoint this word to empower us, to prepare us, to make an impact in your kingdom in this city, in this town, in this region that you have called us to. Father, as we prepare for what you are in the process of doing, we prepare for the increase, we prepare for the harvest, we prepare, God, for the influx of souls coming into your kingdom, coming into your house of prayer, into your place of worship. Lord, I just pray, God, that you communicate what you need to today through me. Forgive us for all of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand praise real quick, amen. My topic today as I begin to prepare to share a message with you is characteristics of a godly church. Characteristics of a godly church. 
And one thing that we need to ask ourselves, and you've heard me speak a lot lately on church growth and getting prepared and, uh, you know, all these different things, unity and all these different things. And this is what the Lord is speaking right now in preparation for what God is going to do. Amen. And so I want to continue in that vein and continue to keep us in that mindset as we are preparing. Because so many times what happens is we come and we hear a message. We think, wow, that was a great word. We get excited. And then we go on about our business and kind of forget what it is that God was dealing with us about and speaking to us. And so I know this may seem like it's a little redundant and it may seem like it's you're hearing things over and over, but sometimes we need to hear it over and over, amen? But I want to talk today about characteristics of a godly church. And one thing that we have to ask ourselves is do we want our church to be like God's church? Do we want our church to be like God's church or do we want our church to be like what we think a church should be? I don't know about you, but I want it to look like God's church. I want it to look like God's family. I want to look like God's body. Amen. And the way that he has designed it and desired and called it to be. And the blessing about that is that God gives us uh, examples, biblical examples, and he gives us a, a blueprint of what that looks like. And so we have something to follow and we have something to begin to look at and say, hey, is this what resembles in, in our place of worship? Is this what our church looks like? Is this what our church feels like? Is this what our church acts like? And we can begin to see and if it lines up, amen, and the areas where it may not line up, we can adjust, amen, and begin to get it in line, amen. Because I believe when we get it in line with God and what he considers a godly church, amen, you're going to begin to see great results. Because one thing that we come to realize, amen, amen, is that God is the one that gives the increase in the house of the Lord, God is the one that brings in the souls into the house of God. God is one, the one, amen, that is saving them. He may use us as vessels, amen. He may use us, this place as a, a place to bring them, but God is the one that is doing it. Are y'all with me today? So we ask ourselves, do you want this church to be like God's church? And the reason why this question needs to be asked today is because the church of today is slipping in certain areas. Did you know, I want to share a fact with you, amen. Did you know that the United States is the third largest unchurched nation in the world? That North America is the only continent where Christianity is not growing. Are y'all with me today? And that more than 80% of all churches in the United States are either plateaued or they're declining. You know, I remember whenever a Baptist preacher had told me years ago, and he had a heart for missions, and he had a heart for China. Amen. And he was the pastor of this church where God had brought me. Amen. And he told me this. He told me this very thing. He said, amen. He said, in 10 years... China will be coming to America, amen, in order to do missions. He said, right now we're going to China and we're doing missions and they're being saved by the thousands and the ten thousands, amen. And the millions, they're being saved, amen. But he says, amen, in ten years, amen. And so what we look at today, and this is really exciting for us, amen, is that the United States has become a missionary field, amen. And for me, that's encouraging because I love local missions. I like overseas missions, but I love, I have been called to local missions, amen, to reach the people in our own backyard, 
And so although it may be a little discouraging, it's actually encouraging. Are y'all with me today? And I believe that the reason that there's a decline is because of the lack of churches acting like God intended for them to act. And so I want to share with you a few characteristics today of a godly church so that we know how to make this church right here, the one that God has entrusted to us, the one that God has called us to, so that we can make this church what God wants it to be. You know, I had shared on Thursday, amen, and I shared about love and I shared about holiness, but I also shared, amen, about wanting to please God. And in order for this church to be as effective as it's, God is wanting it to be, it needs to be our focus in every aspect is that it is in a church that is pleasing to God. That it is a church, amen, that looks like what God wants it to look like. We can have an idea of what we want it to look like. And some of our ideas may be good. But at the end of the day, amen, we need to want it to look like what God wants it to look like. And I'm telling you, whenever that is the case, amen, you're going to begin to see, amen, results. You're going to begin to see people drawn. You're going to begin to see souls come to know Jesus. You're going to begin to see people getting baptized. You're going to begin to see people coming. It's not just because you have, amen, good programs, But it's because your church resembles the church of Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, we're getting ready. I want to look at these characteristics. And when we look at this, maybe we can say, you know what? That, we're all right. It looks like that. But we might see some areas where we need to adjust. Thank you, Jesus. But before we get into that, first let's look at the scripture that I just shared and even before the one we read so that we know what's going on at this point in time here in the book of Acts. I had started in verse 22, but I want to step up here for just a moment. Amen. Into verse 37, it says, Now when the, they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting him, saying, Be saved from the perverse generation. So then those who had received his word were baptized in the day. That day there were added about 3,000 souls. Now, we're all familiar with this right here. After the day of, shortly after the day of Pentecost, amen, and then Peter begins to preach this sermon, this message, and the Bible begins to say that this message that Peter preached, it began to pierce their hearts. It began to, amen, impact their lives in such a way to where their lives were changed, where they were transformed. And that day, 3,000 souls were saved and brought into the kingdom of God. Amen. 3,000 souls, amen, made it into eternity that day. So here we are, the church, amen, went from a church of 120, amen, to over 3,000, amen, souls in that house. That's a big increase for one day. Are y'all with me today? And as we look, amen, Jesus had ascended back to heaven, amen, and the apostles stayed together and they drew lots at this point in time to select another apostle that would replace Judas, if you remember. And that apostle was Matthias, amen. 
And then, of course, the day of Pentecost came, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were speaking in tongues, and everyone understood in their own language. But the thing that I want you to see that leads into today's scripture is what happens at Peter's sermon. They heard this sermon, and they were pierced to the heart, and they asked, amen, they said, brethren, what shall we do from here? See, when God really impacts your life, amen, I don't know if you can recall back to when you got saved, but the next question that we ask is, what shall I do from here? Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen? And Peter answered them, and this is what he said. He said, repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so then those who had received his word were baptized, and they were added the day about 3,000 souls. Now, I want you to realize this, because what's happening right here is there's a great revival that is birthed right here. A great revival. Are y'all with me today? And here you are, you have all these new baby Christians, amen, that are birthed into the kingdom of God, amen, into the family of God, and the excitement was high. Are y'all with me today? And this had to be something wonderful if you really think about it, amen. God is good, amen. You know, what would it be like if God added 3,000 to our church today? God is good, amen. But I want to share a few different characteristics that you begin to see right here in regards to what was happening in this godly church, in God's church. And the first thing that began to happen in God's church is, amen, the Bible says, amen, that it was a Steady church. Are y'all with me? And they were steadily devoting themselves to the apostles. They were steadily spending time in the word. They were steadily fellowshipping together. They were steadily praying, amen. And this was a church that they, they believed in fixed truth, amen. And the, the doctrine of the cross, it never let even the excitement of any person or place or thing lead them away from that truth. It was a, a church that was grounded in the truth. It wasn't a church, amen, that was going to begin to adjust what they believed in order to meet the need of the people. See, the thing is that we've got to realize is we don't compromise in order to meet this crazy, perverse generation, we may begin to adjust our delivery, but how many of y'all know it's the same message? They knew what they believed and they stood firm on it and they didn't begin to compromise in that area because they knew that the truth is what would set them free. And they were steady in that. There was consistency in that. Are y'all with me today? See, sometimes we can begin to think that in order to reach, amen, people, in order to reach this generation that we have to compromise. I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. See, we got to remember this at the end of the day, amen. First of all, this is God's church, and we need to begin to just do it in a way that was pleasing to God. That pleases God. And I believe today that when we please God... God will begin to pour out. He will pour out, amen, and bring in souls. And he will pour out, and he will pour out his Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me today? See, not everybody has that way of thinking. Sometimes people think that we need to begin to adjust some things and adjust what we teach so that we can retain these people. And I understand that, yes, you need to maybe adjust your delivery. But you don't need to adjust your message. 
It's the same message. It's the message of the cross. It's the message of the forgiveness of sins. It's the message of the love of God. It's the message of repentance. That was the message that Peter was preaching. He said, repent and be baptized. We can't get away from that. It's not changing, amen, the, the sermon to where we say you can live any kind of way and be okay, amen. Because we have a God of grace. But it's a message of preaching the truth. And I believe as long as we stay there, we're going to be pleasing to the Lord. And that message is not a condemning message, amen, but that is a message, amen, of truth and hope. Because the hope is in Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me today? You know, I'm going to share a quick quote from C.H. Spurgeon. He said this, he said, if God does not save a man by truth, he certainly will not save them by lies. And if the old gospel is not competent to work a revival, then we will do without the revival. Are y'all with me today? And we will keep the old truth anyhow, come what may. And I believe as long as we're a church that's preaching the truth, we're going to be pleasing to God. See, the church is not to drift from one monetary, emotional outburst to the next, amen, but rather the church moves immediately to the task of teaching and keeping itself straight about what it is and what it believes and what it is about. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen. I want to talk to you for just a moment about fellowship, amen. Fellowship is a word, it's, it's a common word, and it's a relationship between individuals which involves a common interest in a mutual active participation in that interest in each other. Now, when we look at this church for just a moment, amen, when we look at this in the book of Acts, what you begin to see is you see a group of people that loved each other and they continued to do so. Now, I told you when I was speak, speaking to you out of Thessalonians, amen, one thing that Paul was saying is, I urge you, I beg you that your love increase. They loved each other and they continued to do so, amen. And as a result, there was results. They continued to show their love, amen, through actions. They continued to invest in one another. They continued, amen, to keep the unity of the peace. They continued, amen, to serve one another. They continued to, amen, spend time together. They continued this, and they talked with each other about God and about godly things, amen. And they did not give up that talking. Are y'all with me today? Amen. We've got to get together and be talking about the things of God. Come on, somebody. We've got to be discussing, amen, what God's doing in the kingdom. And they helped each other when, there was a, when, there were, when they were in need. Come on, somebody. See, this is exciting to me. When there was a need, they went and helped and met that need. They figured out a way to make it work. Even if they had to gather all the, the resources that they had collectively in order to meet that need. Amen. That's what God's church was doing. Amen. Getting together and they were selling their properties and this and that in order to meet the need of the people, the need that they had, amen. Or if somebody needed somebody to go and pray, amen, or go and help them here or there or to the doctor or whatever it may be. Are y'all with me today? And when they functioned in this manner as a body of Christ, amen, you begin to see God please and you begin to see God move in a powerful way. Because it was God's church, and it was God's way. And they were true brothers and sisters, and their fellowship was not broken. It wasn't just a social gathering, amen. 
but they were family. And that didn't change. And it wasn't just, amen, here or there. It was genuine. It was real. How many of y'all know people can tell when you're genuine? They can tell when you really care. And if you care, there's going to be some action with that care. It's not just saying, okay, I'll pray for you. Are y'all with me today? But we do something about it. But sometimes it means you got to express that need. Have you ever heard the scripture, you have not because you ask not? I know y'all have confidence in your pastors and leaders that we're really connected to God. And we are, and praise the Lord. But we're not psychic. And the Holy Ghost reveals stuff to us. We have supernatural ability in order to have wisdom that's only known by God. And, and the word of knowledge, it's only known by God. Amen. But sometimes you just got to come and say something. Are y'all with me today? I've told y'all this before, but I remember whenever we first got saved, Heather and I, and we were in that Baptist church, amen, and I had done, lost my job and put us, a, amen, basically in bankruptcy, amen, and I remember we had a need for some food, and as humbling as it was, we came and we asked for that food. That was probably a little more humbling for her than it was me. I was like, yeah, bring it on, man, load it up. You know how we are selfish when we first get saved and we were drug addicts or whatever we were. Yeah, I like those too and those, yeah, those, the cookies too, yeah. And my wife's like, you know, it's all because of you. She didn't say that, but you know, I'm sure she was feeling it. God is good, amen. And we're talking about stuff you need. I'm not talking about what you want. We all have stuff we want, but God meets the need. Are y'all with me today? They were true brothers and sisters, and their fellowship was not broken. We got to become true brothers and sisters. As this, God is developing a core right now. God is developing the infrastructure and it needs to be solid so that when he brings in the harvest, the nets won't break. And we've got to be together in unity on one mind and one accord in one heart, amen, for one purpose. And we've got to be family, amen. That can't just, not, that not one day we are and one day we're not. And one day, amen, we're this way and one day we're that way. It's not like that, amen. It's consistent, and we, may, and we may have challenges and we may fight a little bit like brothers and sisters, amen, they do. But ultimately at the end of the day we know that we love one another and we're unified through the spirit of God, amen. And the bond of peace is there. And when there's a need, we meet the need. We find out how to meet the need. I don't know, you know, we just figure it out. We meet the need. I don't know what it is. You know, whatever it is. Are y'all with me today? You know what's so exciting is I see this happening. And so I know the Lord is pleased. And that's why the enemy attacks in this area and so much. He attacks in this area because he knows, amen, that if, we can, if he can just get in there, then we're not going to be a church that's looking like Jesus Christ, amen, and we won't have the blessings of God upon us, amen, and it's going to hinder what God is doing. He knows his, he, he know his day is coming. He knows he's been defeated. But if he can just hinder, amen, what God is trying to do, then he can get in there. And that's why Paul says you need to be, we need to begin to be diligent to, 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 to continue to preserve the unity. We've got to be diligent. We've got to be uh, apologizing, asking for forgiveness. Amen. We've got to begin to communicate. Amen. We've got to begin to do acts of love. We've got to begin to invest in one another. We've got to begin to fellowship together. We've got to begin to spend time together. We've got to begin to pray together. We've got to begin to seek Jesus together. We've got to begin to be one. Sometimes we hurt each other. That happens, amen. And sometimes we act silly, amen. And sometimes we just need to say sorry, even if we don't even think we're at fault. 
If it lets you make it, well, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get in my prayer closet and be able to give it to you. Amen. In a manner to where it's genuine. It's not like where I say, oh, sorry. <laughs> you sorry sucker. I'm sorry I didn't do worse. That's the flesh. And those who are in the flesh can't please God. They were true brothers and sisters. You have true brothers and sisters here. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful what God is doing. That's why the enemy's so mad. It's so beautiful. If your lawnmower's broke down, thank you, Jesus. Man, we'll figure out how to mow your yard. Or fix your lawnmower or something. I mean, you know, you don't want to call me to fix it. I don't know nothing about lawnmowers, but I'll find somebody that does. Are y'all with me? And they were steadfast in the breaking of bread. And they were steadfast in this delightful ordinance, which we're going to be partaking of here in just a little while. Amen. Are y'all with me? And this is something that we should never despise or we should never even under, underestimate. Amen. It's the Lord's Supper. Taking of this breaking of bread. And we know that this breaking of bread was more than just an agape meal. But it was a, a meal mixed with the Lord's Supper. Amen. I want to tell you this. And just so you can realize this. Amen. There was a time when that meal was just a, a meal of getting together and fellowshipping and eating. Even if we didn't take of this bread, which represents his body, and even if we didn't take of this juice, which represents his blood, amen, they still got together into a fellowship, and they were taking of the, of the Lord's Supper together in a meal. Do you know how intimate a meal is together? And they were doing it genuinely. Are y'all with me today? And it says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Are y'all with me? God is good, amen. The Lord is good. Praise the Lord. We need to have a godly church. We need to have be a church of Jesus Christ. How do you think God feels? When he sees his bride, when he sees his body, and they're all divided and hurting each other, wounded, not together. You don't even want to see them, much less eat a meal with them. Yeah, come over to my house. I'm going to put something in your food. Make you have the runs. That's not what God's pleased with. And if that's how our heart is to our brother, we need to ask God to help us. Somebody say, that's why I've been having the runs. They've been getting me in the kitchen, man. Suckers, <laughs> wait till I get in the kitchen. No, that's not what it is. It wasn't until later in the church history that the two were separated when it came to the Lord's Supper. Even in Corinthians. Amen. If you want to know the reason why Paul was addressing the Corinthians when it came to the Lord's Supper right there is because they were coming together and eating their meal in unity. But the wealthy people were coming in and they were bringing their food and they were eating it amongst themselves. But they weren't sharing with the poor. And they were not, they, weren't, they were divided. And so Paul begins to address that right there in the Lord's Supper. And that's why we, we begin to eat it together. Are y'all with me today? In other words, it's an act of unifying the body of Christ, of bringing it back together. 
in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, as well as recognizing Christ for his death, for his return. Amen. It's, a, it's about, amen, first of all, our fellowship with God. Are we right with our fellowship with God as we examine ourselves? But also, are we right with our fellowship with our brothers? In other words, we look horizontally first and make sure that we're in line with God in our life. Amen. And if not, then we repent. Amen. And lay it at his feet so that he can wash us and cleanse us. Amen. With his precious blood. But then also we look. Amen. And we begin to look to around us and we see, do we have bitterness? Are we harboring bitterness? Are we harboring resentment? Do we have anger towards an individual? Amen. And if so, we need to make that right because he says this he says amen we can't take of this in an unworthy manner but we have to take of this in a proper manner and he says due to that many of you are sick today so we examine ourselves are y'all with me today God can't bless a church amen that doesn't pray in a church, amen. Are y'all with me today? And so this church, they were steadfast in prayer and supplication and worship to pray to God. And this was a church that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me today? They were a God-fearing church. They had reverence for the Lord. They knew that they needed the Holy Spirit. And what you begin to see as a result is you begin to see signs and wonders and miracles that were taking place. How many of y'all want to see signs and wonders and miracles taking place? Well, how many of y'all know those miracles aren't, amen, manifested by, amen, a power of a human being, but they're manifested by the power of the Holy Spirit? Because I'm going to tell you, when you begin to have miracles, signs, and wonders in your church, amen, guess what? People are going to be drawn, and they're going to want to see what's going on. And they're going to want to see, amen, wow, there's healing going on. There's this going on. Oh, my Lord, what is it? And they're going to come, and God's going to touch them, and God's going to save them, and God's going to bring them into, amen, eternity, into the family of God. But it's because it's the Holy Spirit that's doing it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just have a church where we just come here to gather and go through a ritual. But we want to come together and experience the power of God. Amen. That changes lives. That changes hearts. That saves souls. That does miracles, signs, and wonders. And it's because of the Holy Spirit where the gifts are present. And we know that these gifts of the Holy Spirit is what was building the church. And we know that the greatest of all the gifts that we see in this passage is love. The love of God was building the church. The love of God. The healing too. The deliverance too. The manifestation of tongues too. The manifestation of prophecy, the manifestation of interpretation, all that was there too. But the love of God, what was building a church. The people are already wounded, they're already hurt, they're already beat up from the world. Why would they come to a place, amen, and, be, and, be, and, and get beat up more? If anybody's going to beat them up, let it be the Holy Spirit. Because he's doing it for the right reason. And he knows just how much pressure to put in, just how much grace to release, and just how much love, and just how much rebuke, and all that. Are y'all with me today? God is good, amen? And so the church was filled with the Holy Spirit. Go to verse 44 real quick. I'm going to go to my next point, and I'm going to wrap it up pretty quick here. Verse 44. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Stop right there. 
One thing I want you to realize is that God's church was an unselfish church. Are y'all with me today? See, the early church had a great intense desire and feeling of responsibility for each other. Are y'all with me? For each other. Could you picture this right here? So here they are, they're preaching the truth, they're preaching repentance, they're preaching baptism, they're preaching the cross. And there they are, they have the Holy Spirit, amen, and everybody has a sense of awe. And then here they are in a place where people care and people are helping them and they have a time in need, amen. Nowadays it's hard to even get anybody to change a tire on the side of the road, amen, much less anything else, amen. And if you're in that place where you know, you know what, if I, if I, if I really am down and I really have a need, I really have this or that, amen, then I know that I can count on my church family that's going to begin to make a way to do it, amen, that's going to begin to move. And so God begins to bring these people with these gifts and these abilities and these talents and these desires, amen, and that's what begins to be developed, and everybody serves according to what their gifting is. Now I told you my gifting is not fixing a lawnmower, amen. But I can give you some good words of encouragement and pray for you. And, you know, and I, you don't probably don't want me to cook you a meal, but I'll take you out to eat if I can afford it. Are y'all with me? Or buy you some groceries or whatever. Or take you to the food bank. I'll call Miss Kathy up. Hello. God is good, amen. I'm trying, I want you to see this picture. And I want us to begin to look and see if this is what we look like. I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. We haven't arrived and we never will till, till, till the day Jesus takes home, but we're getting there. This is what we have to be diligently working towards. Keeping the unity, diligently investing into one another, amen. Making sure there's an atmosphere of love, amen. Making sure that the Holy Spirit is present in this place, amen. Constantly praying and taking supplication to the Lord, amen. And meeting the needs of the people. And some of those needs are spiritual and some of those needs are physical and amen. Some of those needs are monetary and some of those needs, amen, are just a need of somebody to come there and be with you in a time of need. And so we've got to be aware of this and we've got to think about this and think about others. But sometimes we're so consumed with our own situation and our own selves, amen. And the enemy wants us to be that way to where we can't focus and think about other people and we can't hear the Holy Ghost in regards to a need of somebody else because we're so consumed by self. And some of us need to repent of that and ask God to take that away. It's real hard to think about somebody else and hear the Holy Spirit in regards to their need if I'm all consumed in poor, pitiful me. The flesh just wants to satisfy me. Me, myself, and I. The flesh wants to preserve me. But the Spirit will show you the needs of others. And maybe all you can give is just a good, solid five minutes of prayer and saturating them and covering them. And that's, that may be the greatest gift you can do. But maybe it's you need to go stop by their house and knock on the door. Or maybe you need to bring them, amen, a bag of groceries. Or maybe you need to take them, amen, out to eat. Or maybe you need to, you know what I'm saying, go and see if you can fix the siding on their house because it's falling off, amen. Or maybe you need to go try to just mow their yard or whatever it is, God will show it to you. And as you do that, amen, you're going to be blessed. You want to know what the blessing is? It's giving. It's better to give than to receive. Amen. It's better to invest in other people. Amen. You're going to get more satisfaction out of taking your time to go do something for somebody else than it would be for you to go, amen, and feed your flesh. The reward is greater. Amen. The feeling is better. Amen. 
You go buy yourself a real fancy pair of shoes, that, that neatness is going to wear off before you get home. Especially when you ain't got no money to do nothing else. I know, I like nice things. Are y'all women? It's okay to like nice things. It's okay to want things, just don't let them have you. Are y'all with me? God wants you to be blessed. It's okay to be blessed. Don't feel bad when you're blessed. Don't let the devil tell you, condemn you. You're, you need to be blessed. You serve a God that, you know, has a thousand has a cattle on a thousand hills. Come on, somebody. I mean, what else? He owns everything. It's okay to be blessed. But are you always thinking about yourself? Because it's hard to think about others. Are y'all with me today? They saw the need and they fulfilled it. A lot of times we see the need. Amen. And then we just, I'll pray for you. You know? And maybe that's all we have to give, and that's fine. But maybe we need to go dig in our closet and find a pair, a, an outfit or something, or shoes or something. I don't know, something. Are y'all with me? The believers acted in such a generous spirit that they didn't think about what might be theirs or not. They just looked at the need of the others and they did something about it. That's it. Are y'all with me? So my question is, is, do you do that? Do you look at the needs in this church and fulfill them? I think a lot of you do. Are y'all with me? But I want us to even be more in tune with this. I want us to even zone in even more in this. I want this to be our focus. Because when we do this, you're going to see us remain unified. And when you do this, you're going to see people that come that will stay because they feel loved. And they have a family that they can rely on. And yeah, you're going to have some people that try to take advantage of that and use that. But God gives us discernment. God will show us. And so what if you give it and they go and squander it or go buy dope or whatever? And man, if God told you to do it, just do it, man. You know, make sure you can still pay your rent, but do it. Are y'all with me today? I want you to get this mindset. This is so beautiful what God is developing. Come on, somebody. And he's starting with us right here. He's developing the core. He's developing the infrastructure. He's developing, amen, this, the inner workings of this family. Amen. That way he can bring the harvest of souls. Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. If y'all only understood. And when we get this down, it's gonna, he's going to release it. He's going to open up the floodgates, man. And the people are going to come and the people are going to stay. They weren't thinking about what was theirs and what wasn't. It was, no, I got it. Let me give it, man. I got an extra bedroom set, let me give it. I got, you know what I'm saying, some wood out back, let me give it. I mean, you know what I'm saying, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, some plumbing, plumbing I don't know. I want you to know God is a generous God, and he's given us the greatest gift he could ever give us. God loves to have generous people, giving people, giving people, giving up their time, giving up their resources, giving up their talents, giving up their gifts, giving up it, man, giving up their self. It's not just the deacon's responsibility. It's not just the elder's responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility, amen. And when we do that, you're going to see something beautiful happen. Y'all want to see it happen? This is a characteristic of a godly church. This is what a godly church looks like. And this is what God's developing. But it starts in our hearts.
And God's church is a unified church. And you've heard me speak of that many times. Look at verse 46. I'm almost done. Day by day. Somebody say day by day. Continuing with one mind in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Are you all with me today? They were one mind. They loved the Lord so much. Amen. And one thing I want you to look at here. First of all, they spent time with each other in their homes. Amen. And they did it with gladness. They did it with sincerity. They were going to each other's houses and fellowshipping and eating, not gossiping. Going to their houses, fellowshipping and eating. See, that's the problem. We go to each other's houses and we start gossiping. We got to get rid of that. Amen. The Lord will help us discern what that is. Sometimes we have to share things with people, you know, get things off our, our, our shoulders or heart or, you know, maybe it's so they can minister to us. But not for the reason of us tearing down. Are you all with me today? And they broke bread, which was the Lord's Supper. Amen. And they did it with together, and they did it with gladness and sincerity. And so what we begin to see here, and I'm about to close, is they didn't think that church was just for Sunday, amen, or Wednesday. Nor was it only what people call today the house of God. But they had raised the level of worship to being a way of life. And it was the way they conducted every aspect of their daily lives. Their homes were houses of the Lord. And he resided in their home and in their lives, not just in the house of God. Sometimes we just come to the house of God and that's the only time that the Lord is residing in our lives. Amen. But he wants to reside in your home. He wants to reside in your heart. Are you all with me today? And we do that by living a life that's pleasing to him. We do that by making our house, amen, the Lord's house. We do that, amen, by making our house a place, amen, where, where, where the Lord is welcome, where the Holy Spirit is welcome, amen. Not just coming here. So when people come to your house, is it like they're having church? Or is the Lord not welcome in your house? God is good, amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and get ready. Look at verse 47 once again. Praising God and having favor with all men, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Who was adding to their number? The Lord was adding to their number. The Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. The church was growing with saved people. Imagine that. In other words, it wasn't just about going and reaching people from other churches, but it was about reaching the lost. Are you all with me today? He was adding to their number of those that were being saved. And the Lord was adding. It wasn't the apostles, amen. It wasn't the people, it was the Lord. And he added to their number And not only added to their number, but he added people that were getting saved. You know, you can have a church full of people, 
that aren't saved. Some of the largest churches in this nation have church with people that may or may not be saved. I'm not the judge. God is. So what is God telling us today that would help us, this church, Victory Life Church, to be like God's church? That's what I want to ask ourselves. What is God speaking to us? And only you can answer that. Maybe you can tell me, amen, exactly We want lives to be changed. We want souls to be saved. And if it doesn't look like that, we just get to God and we change it. In just a moment, amen, I'm about to close. In just a moment, we're about to take of the Lord's Supper. Excuse me. But before we do, I want us to take a quick moment before we take of this. Amen. Listen, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Listen up for a second. So I want us to take a few moments and I want us to begin to examine our hearts. I want us to begin to examine our lives. I want us to begin to examine, amen, what our actions And if we have any area in our life that's not in line with God, not in line horizontally, or not in line...